Welcome once again to Centuries and Saints. I'm Scott Matson, your host for this podcast, and thank you for tuning in to this episode. Now, we recently finished Season 1, looking at the patristic age of the church, and soon we'll be diving into Season 2, looking at the attributes of God in a sort of systematic theology way. But in the meantime, I'm posting a few sermons that I've had the opportunity to teach and preach in the local church. The sermon you're about to hear is one I gave at Applegate Christian Fellowship, the church in Southern Oregon where I served for several years before my wife and I moved to Oklahoma. This is part of a larger series called The Big Ten, a look at the Ten Commandments, and what you're about to hear was my contribution to the series. Now, somehow with the audio, the first part of the message got cut off, but you're going to hear most of it, so I pray it's a blessing to you. Uh, You know, the law was not given to make us righteous, to justify us in the sight of God, you know. And so, again, as we look at the Sermon on the Mount here, and we look at Jesus taking this up uh, to this just amazing height, this amazing degree that none of us could possibly hope to live up to, that's where the gospel comes into place. And we're going to get into that in a little bit after I look at these other two commandments. I want to bring it back to the gospel uh, because, again, that's the thing that we always have to come back to as we look at these commandments. You know, these are commandments that were given, but again, they were not given so that we would keep them. And then God would say, okay, Mike, you've kept these commandments. Good job. Now I'm going to bless you because you're just doing such a good job. You know, he says, no, all of you, look what my son says. Here's what the law, the heart behind the law, you know, don't be angry with your brother. Well, we've all messed that one up a lot. But the gospel says, you know, I have forgiven you and I'm going to bless you because Jesus kept these commandments. Jesus kept these things for us. And it's amazing to me as well, uh, looking at these commandments, the 10 commandments, the perfect 10, as this retreat is called, how they reveal the character of God as well. You know, we see God in the first four commandments, those ways that we relate to him, and in the, the, the final six, the ways that we relate to one another. You know, and we see, again, I believe the heart of, in the character of God. You know, God, God doesn't lash out in anger against us. You know, God, Paul says later on, God cannot lie. So all these things in the Ten Commandments that we see, I believe, really reveal uh, a beautiful side of the character of God and the nature of God, uh, which, again, is... is Good news for all of us uh, because our Father welcomes us with arms of love because he's forgiven us in Christ, you know. And so, you shall not murder. Interesting commandment. Very, very good commandment. And again, uh, back in these days, especially uh, when this was given, uh, murder and retribution and tribal warfare, those things were the norm in society. You know, that's sociologists will tell us that cultures, ancient cultures all over the world, that was just how life was. Uh, you know, revenge, feuding, uh, tribal warfare, all these things. And we see it in scripture, even uh, after the Ten Commandments in the story of Israel through the Old Testament, you see that God is constantly rebuking Israel's and Judah's wicked kings uh, for shedding innocent blood. And one of the things that God is doing is he will tell his people that they're being unfaithful to him because they're shedding innocent blood. Uh, So this is a big deal to God. And again, this is something that we see in human nature with sin, where that seems to always come out, uh, whether it's anger or whether it's actual murder, you know. 
And so, you shall not murder. That's the sixth commandment. The seventh commandment, verse 14. You shall not commit adultery. Now, in the year 1631, uh, there was a Bible printed in London. It was supposed to be a reprint of the King James Version uh, there in England to get God's word into the hands of people. And the printers made a mistake and they left out the word not. And so it said, thou shalt commit adultery. Now, that has come to be known in history as the Wicked Bible. And the, the printers were fined the equivalent of nearly $55,000 and got their printing license revoked. Uh, so, <laughs> not, not a good mistake to make. Uh, <laughs> Thou shalt not commit adultery. Now, this commandment, what's that? They have one job. They, I know, one, come on, one word. One word, not, and they, they messed it up. Uh, now, with this commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery, uh, there's so many things that could be said. There's so many directions I could go. Uh, but as I was thinking through this and, and looking at this, a thought came to me, and, and that's kind of where I want to just explore for a couple minutes, a different way of looking at it. Uh, committing adultery, which you guys all know what that means. I think that, that, that this commandment for us gives us one of the clearest examples in Scripture uh, of the, the worth that God has instilled in humanity because God created us all in his image. We know that from the Bible uh, in Genesis chapter one, like first page of your Bible, second page of the Bible, that God created man, Adam and Eve, in his image. We're the only beings in all of creation of whom it is said that we were made in the image of God. Uh, that's never said of the angels. It's never said of plant life. It's never said of the animals. It's only us as human beings. And I believe that this commandment, among many other things, gives us uh, a wonderful look at the value that God has placed on humanity uh, by virtue of creation, that he made us in his image. And he is so, uh, he, he lifts the value of humans up so highly that he says, this thing, dishonoring your bodies with one another, you're not to do it. And I believe that that really speaks to us, uh, that God puts a value on the human body. God cares about what we do with our bodies. Uh, if you want a New Testament example of that uh, in your own study, just read through the book of 1 Corinthians. The church in Corinth, as you guys know, uh, they were a mess. You know, they were a mess. They, Paul, in chapter 5, uh, rebukes them because there was a man in the church who was sleeping with his stepmother, and the church was actually boasting about it. They were boasting about how gracious they are by letting this happen. Uh, later, Paul goes into things about eating meat sacrificed to idols, and you guys know all this. And Paul makes this interesting statement where he's telling them, you know, that we are members of the body of Christ, and we don't take our members and join them to a prostitute. He's talking to them in this thing. And I think what happens is it's really interesting is that Paul uh, in the New Testament gives us this interesting picture that God places so much value uh, on our bodies and, and God cares what we do with our bodies. And the reason I bring that up is because I feel like sometimes in the church as, as believers, we tend, I think, to focus so much on the spiritual side of life, uh, which is good and which is right. But I think sometimes we can almost neglect uh, the value that God has given us as people, you know, with our bodies, soul, mind, heart, spirit, all of that. God created all of us, every part of us in his image. And to 
to God, these things are very, very important. And so that was a thought that came to me the other day as I was studying through this. And uh, I just wanted to share that real quickly. And then a couple other things too with this commandment uh, that's interesting. Find my notes here. Uh, Marriage, marriage and sexuality. Uh, These things that God has given, these gifts God has given, uh, these things are very sacred. As we read through scripture, you know, we understand uh, that, that marriage, uh, marriage is a picture, Paul says in Ephesians, of Christ and the church. Uh, the love that God has for us, every one of us here in this room, uh, for, for us, his church, his people, marriage is a picture of that, of the love that Christ has for the church. And so with this commandment against committing adultery, uh, I believe that God there is also telling us uh, how sacred and how honorable marriage is and how much he values these human relationships uh, that we have with one another. You know, much like the previous commandment that we just looked at, not murdering other people. You know, we don't take from people their life that God has given them. And same thing with adultery. You know, we don't, we're not supposed to be taking from others of the opposite sex, what doesn't belong to us, you know? And so, again, these commandments, it's, it's interesting to me that just, the, again, the love that God has uh, for us, you know, for his people, uh, that, that he tells us, look, you're not to be going around taking what doesn't belong to you, uh, whether it's another person's life uh, or another person's sexuality or whatever it may be, you know, and, and God goes through and he gives us these things. And then really quickly, I want to wrap that up by looking at the next commandment, which is Exodus 20, verse 15. And he says, again, four more words, thou shalt not steal. And so, as I was just saying, this commandment, again, these are, these are pretty straightforward commands, four simple words. You know, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's five words. Thou shalt not murder. These are pretty simple, straightforward commandments. And, and I think the basic principle is clear. God doesn't want us in this one, thou shalt not steal, to be going around and taking things that don't belong to us. You know, so if I grab you know, Mike's hat and run off and steal it, well, okay, that's sinful, obviously. We know that. But it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Mike, to my brother in Christ. You know, and, and it's not right for me to go and take something that doesn't belong to me. Um, but again, in all these commands, and you guys, you guys get the whole, the idea here, the gist of thou shalt not steal. That's pretty straightforward. Um, but again, where I kind of want to bring all of this, uh, these three commands that I was given to look at briefly, is just to bring them back again to the love that God has uh, for humanity. And again, specifically for his church, for us, his people who've been redeemed uh, by the blood of Christ. You know, that there is so much wisdom, as Pete was, was sharing with us last night, there's so much wisdom uh, for us as we look at these commands and, and live by them, again, not so that God will be pleased with us and accept us. Uh, as we know, that has happened in Christ once and for all. But there's so much wisdom. There's so much blessing uh, in these commands, in the way that we live, in the way that we love and treat one another. And that's something that God is very concerned about uh, for all of us, you know, the way that we relate to one another, relate to him and relate to each other as believers uh, in First John, uh, wonderful, wonderful, short little epistle, five chapters. Uh, if you haven't read it lately, I'd encourage you uh, to do that. It's so encouraging. And John writes in that, pas- in that, in that, that book, pardon me, 
uh, many times about the love that we have for one another. And he says one of the ways that we know that we've truly been born again, that we're truly Christians, is that we love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we love our brothers and sisters in Christ, guess what we're not going to be doing to them? Murder, adultery, theft, all these different things. And so that's why in Matthew 22, uh, just real quick here, almost done with this, but I want to just read a couple of verses here. And if you want to turn there, Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34. And this is uh, our Lord during that last week of his public ministry before the crucifixion and the resurrection. And uh, he is talking with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the experts in the Old Testament law. And they're, tr they're grilling him with questions. They're trying to get him to trip up. They're trying to find a hole in his teaching, uh, a flaw in his character, which of course they found none. Uh, but that's what they're doing here. And in Matthew 22, starting in verse 34, we read this. But when the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had put the Sadducees to silence, uh, they, the Pharisees, were gathered together. And then one of them, which was a lawyer, meaning in that day an expert in the Old Testament law, which we're looking at this morning, uh, asked Jesus a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so the entire law and the prophets and everything that we're looking at this weekend, uh, here, the perfect 10, the 10 commandments at this retreat, really are, as Jesus says here, summed up in these, in these two commands. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Because if me and, and Edgar and Dave and all of us here, if we're loving the Lord God, we won't be worshiping other gods, bringing other things in along with our relationship with the Lord. He, he remains first. You know, we won't be taking his name in vain. Uh, we won't be murdering another person if we love them. We won't be going out and committing adultery if we love people. So loving God and loving people, that's a really big deal. And that's what the New Testament, uh, constantly the writers are talking about, is our love for God and our love for others and the way that we, that we treat others. And so uh, finally, to wrap this up, and I know this is quick, but that's all right. Uh, I want to read in Colossians chapter 2, just a couple verses here, and this really will be uh, kind of the final wrap-up here, is to just bring this back to the gospel. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, uh, if you guys want to turn there, you can, you don't have to, uh, starting in verse 13, just a couple verses here. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Colossians, to this church uh, in Asia Minor, and he says, and this is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, he says, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened or made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. And I love that. And uh, in, my, in my school studies, I've done, uh, we've done some study on verse 13 and the word trespasses there. 
And the Greek word there is paraptama. So can you all say that with me? Paraptama. Okay, you just learned a Greek word. Nice. So you got your money's worth. So, and in paraptama, what that word means is it means every sin, unintentional, the sins that we don't know we've committed, uh, the violations of, of God's word, of his Ten Commandments, of anything that's sinful, missing the mark, that we're not even aware of. The good news is it also includes every sin that we've intentionally done, every time that we have knowingly, intentionally sinned against God. Those are included. And on top of that, in that one word is also included the idea all of the legal ramifications of our sin. So uh, the wrath of God, the judgment of God, things like hell, uh, all of those things are included in this one word here, trespasses or paraptama in the Greek. And so Paul says here, and this is the good news uh, for all of us, you know, as we study the law, bringing it back to the gospel of grace, uh, that God the Father, when we were dead in our sins, he made us alive together with Christ, having forgiven us of all of our trespasses, unintentional sin, intentional sin, all of the future consequences of that sin. He's forgiven all of it. And he took that massive certificate of, of debt with all of our sins on it, and he nailed it to Christ's cross. And the blood of Christ has blotted it out, taken it out of the way. And so I wanted to just end on that. Uh, as we look at these Ten Commandments, uh, and if you're anything like me, squirm a little bit in the chair because you're like, ooh, I haven't kept that one today at all. You know, I've already broken that one today and it's not even noon yet. Um, you know, <laughs> if you're anything like me. And, but to, again, just be reminded to come back to the gospel of grace, that in the new covenant, this is the covenant of grace, the covenant between uh, God the Father and, and God the Son. And we're the beneficiaries of it. We're hidden in Christ, robed in the righteousness of Christ. And that that's how the Father sees us now. Not in our flesh where we've broken all the commandments. Not in ourselves, you know, where we are guilty, but hidden in Christ, where we've been made white as snow, where we're innocent and holy and pure, uh, just as if we had never sinned, justified by faith, uh, by his grace through his blood. And so uh, that is good news. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Centuries and Saints. You have just listened to a message that I gave at Applegate Christian Fellowship a couple of years ago dealing with the Ten Commandments and what Christ has done for us in the gospel. So I hope this has been a blessing to you. Again, please go to the podcast store, uh, write us a review, rate the podcast. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. And until next time, this is Scott Matson for Centuries and Saints. Peace. Glory's on display, that's I say.